Welcome to the Bigger Pockets Money Podcast, show number 257, where we interview Jabbar Adesada and talk about pursuing financial independence at a very early age. I have an obsession. I have like an obsession with becoming wealthy because I want to create a better life for when I eventually have children and then for other people who kind of are under underserved in the community with stuff like that. So I think that if I'm able to accomplish that at like a younger age, like if I like do all the hard work now while I have all this energy and I can wake up at four and only get five hours of sleep and, you know, and do all this stuff, then by the time I'm older, I'm going to be very like happy about it. So it's just like the opportunity cost. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Mindy Jensen and my guest host today is Dan Sheeks author of First to a Million, A Teenager's Guide to Achieving Early Financial Independence. We had Dan on as our guest last week, and I liked him so much, I brought him back to guest host with me today. Dan, thanks for joining me. Mindy, thanks for having me. So happy to be here, and uh, I'm super excited for our interview today. Glad (gasps) glad to make it. I am too. Dan and I are here to make financial independence less scary, less just for somebody else to introduce you to every money story, including those that start at age 18, because we truly believe financial freedom is attainable for everyone, even teens, no matter when or where you're starting. Whether you want to retire early and travel the world, go on to make big time investments in assets like real estate, or start your own business, will help you reach your financial goals and get money out of the way so you can launch yourself towards your dreams. Dan, I am so excited to talk to Jabbar today. Uh, Today's show is actually probably not for you directly, our loyal listener. Rather, it's for your child, your niece or nephew, your next door neighbor, your best friend's kid. Today's episode is for the teens in your life. And by introducing them to this concept of early financial freedom, you could very well change the financial trajectory of their entire lives. Jabbar has this excitement and infectious can-do attitude. And Dan, I am so thankful that you introduced me to him because holy cow, I think this is my most favorite episode that I have ever recorded. Yeah, he is uh, a thunderbolt of energy. Uh, And I've had the pleasure of knowing him for a year and a half, two years. And I, from the get-go, I was like, this this guy is going to uh, change the world. And, And he is proving that just with what he's accomplished in such a short period of time. Yeah, he doesn't take no for an answer. He has never said the words, I quit. And he's just astonishing in his story. I am so excited to share it with you. And if you do have a teen in your life that you would like to help point them in the direction of financial independence, please sit down with them and listen to this episode with them because you really are going to help them see another opportunity, another alternative to working nine to five for 40 years after college graduation. When it comes to financial guidance, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When Mindy and I want to upgrade our wallets, we turn to NerdWallet. Scott's right. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. 
Before NerdWallet, Mindy and I were paying for vacations in cash, missing out on miles, and not even knowing what we're leaving on the table. But now we're flying through the skies for free, thanks to our new cards with more miles and upgrades than ever. So if you want more travel rewards, hotel upgrades, or airport lounge access, no matter where you go next, let NerdWallet help you make it happen with a killer travel card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at NerdWallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval, and terms of each credit card issuer apply. It's Military Appreciation Month, so I'd like to personally thank all our past guests who have served and all our listeners who are serving, deployed, veterans, or in the reserves. But I'm not the only one showing appreciation. Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate their members who go above and beyond with exclusive rates, discounts, and tools. This month, join Navy Federal and get $50 when you open a credit card. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate to see their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. With 24-7 U.S.-based member service and resources for veterans transitioning to civilian life, Navy Federal is here to help you reach your goals. Head to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. Disclaimer, must join an open membership savings account between May 1st and May 31st. Annual percentage yield 0.25% for membership savings account. $5 minimum balance to open, maintain membership savings account, and to obtain bonus. Visit NavyFederal.org for more terms and conditions. Real estate investing is great, but for some, the tenant phone calls and clogged toilets aren't all that attractive. So how do you invest in real estate without getting your hands dirty? Invest for truly passive income with Pine Financial Group. Pine's mortgage fund offers an 8% preferred return and an attractive profit split with 70% of profits going to the investors. You'll earn passive income by participating in lending to house flippers. And it's secure because senior lien holders, that's you, get paid first. Their rigorous underwriting process and the backing of the physical asset provide additional security in case of borrower default. Plus, by investing with Pine Financial Group, you contribute to the revitalization of communities by redirecting your funds from Wall Street to Main Street, supporting local economies, and generating profits simultaneously. This investment is reserved for accredited investors. But if you are not accredited, Pine Financial has options for you too. Take control of your investments and secure a stable 8% annual return today. Visit pinefinancialgroup.com biggerpockets to learn more about the fund. That's pinefinancialgroup.com biggerpockets. Jabbar Adesada, welcome to the Bigger Pockets Money Podcast. I'm so excited to talk to you today. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's truly an honor. So I want to jump right into it because we have a lot to cover, even though you're only 19. Where does your journey with money begin? Oh, 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 wait, wait, wait. You're active duty military. So let's do that. I don't represent the military spiel before we jump in. Oh, yeah. Okay. So um, to start off, my views and uh, comments and thoughts are my own. I do not represent that of the United States military or Marine Corps. And I'm actually 20. I just turned 20 um, two months ago. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, well, now you've got a lot of journey under your belt. So let's get started. Where (laughs) where have you been in your 20 years? Uh, In my two decades of life um, (laughs) that I'm just playing. um, I grew up in a very, I guess, really strict education-focused household. So I'm Nigerian-American. I'm first generation Nigerian and education is like a really big deal. And obviously for where we come from, 
Um, money is not much over there. Everyone who comes here, comes here, gets a lot of money and tries to become successful. And education is just a way. So um, middle class, grew up in Maryland, lived there for about 15 years. Um, and I was actually, uh, I had a really tough childhood. So when I was 15, I had to get taken away from home because mommy wasn't so nice to to me. <laughs> so I moved with, um, I moved in with my dad. And I guess I should have mentioned that my uh, parents were divorced. So my growing up, like mom is, I lived with my mom and my dad is in Texas. And so I moved with my dad when I was 15. And so when I was 15, that's when my entire perspective of life, money, um, finances and everything changed because my dad was very big on me kind of doing like investments and like he would always talk about business and different types of ideas he had. Um, he, he himself didn't have a business. He's a, um, he's in it, but he would always talk about like, Hey, if you create like a software development app, you'll be like a millionaire or something like that. So I was always like intrigued by it. Um, but I really wasn't paying enough attention and I really didn't listen. Cause I was like 15 and 16 live with, with them. And I was, I always thought I knew everything. So, um, I was really into basketball and sports and things like that. And I, I just struggled. I struggled at, um, I struggled at, I guess, being focused on the future. So, um, one day, um, I was, I guess I, my dad had had enough of me not listening and, uh, paying attention and, you know, focused on my future. And he took my two basketballs and he popped them like in my face. And basketball was like my entire life growing up. So like I wanted to go to the NBA. That was like my dream. I wanted to play basketball professionally, be on TV. I wasn't really focused on school or anything like that. I just wanted to be uh, an athlete. And so when he did that, it just shook my world. And so um, and the reason he did that is because my pastor had given us an assignment to read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. <laughs> by Robert Kiyosaki and write a uh, book report on it. And I didn't do it because I didn't care. It, it didn't have anything to do with basketball. So he pops my basketballs. He makes me read the books and um, or read the book. And I wrote a report on it and I just ate it up. Like it was like that. It's like the book you read, like from cover to cover. Like I was I was like, wow, like assets versus liabilities. Um, you know, he just it just completely changed my mentality um, but I just put it away because I was 15. I didn't have any money. Um, so, but, you know, I just, I was like, okay, when I start making money, I'm going to start investing. Um, so whenever I get, you know, I start working, um, I'm going to start investing. Um, so uh, fast forward a little bit. My dad just, ban I'm not allowed to play basketball anymore. He just wants me to focus on school so I can go like the traditional route. Because uh, in my culture, in the Nigerian culture, you're either a lawyer, a doctor, an engineer, or a disappointment. So, <laughs> so I, I was like, all right, um, we'll try being a doctor. So um, <laughs> I kind of, I kind of went on the path of like getting back into school, focusing. Um, I went from like a C student to like an all A student because I was like, all right, I'm gonna be a doctor, uh, make all this money. I wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon, so they make like a lot of money. Um, so 
Um, so I'm in school, just grinding it out. Keep in mind, no money, red rich dad, poor dad, and not, not thinking about money. If I had money, I was going to spend it. Like, that was it. Like, if I had money, I'm going to buy, like, shoes, clothes, jewelry, things to, like, look nice. Um, and then my senior year came, and, like, it just dawned on me, like, wow, <laughs> college is expensive. And I have, like, uh, I mean, my grades were good, I guess, like, junior and senior year, but before they were terrible. And I was like, I don't think I'm going to be able to get an academic scholarship. I'm not allowed to play basketball, so I'm definitely not going to get a sports uh, scholarship. So what exactly am I going to do? And so um, I, I wanted to be a doctor, but I didn't want to get into all that debt. So I was just thinking, I was like, man, like, how can I how can I do this without, you know, coming out like, you know, with a negative five hundred thousand dollar net worth? And so I saw the um, the man with the dress blues passing out pamphlets um, in the cafeteria and he had the marine with him on the pull-up bars i was like wow those guys look cool so i walked up to him i was you know just curious you know that's how they get you you know <laughs> you're just curious and so i walked up to him and i was like hey um i want to i want to do i want to like see what's going on like what what's up with the military because i heard they had really good benefits and my um dad had mentioned before to me that it might be a good idea um to like look into it, to pay for school and stuff like that. So he talks to me, he tells me like, Hey, like we can help you pay for school and everything like that. Um, and so I was like, I was hooked. I was like, all right, it's great. Well, if you can pay for my school, that solves my issue. So now I don't have to go apply for student loans. I'll have college paid for. And then my plan was to join the military, um, get all the education benefits, do college so I can become a doctor debt free. And then, start investing and making money and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, graduate high school, enlist right after high school, go through boot camp, get out of boot camp. And now I have like the most money I've ever had in my life. I think it was like $2,500. Um, and so now, now I had read Rich Dad Poor Dad. I know the importance of investing a little bit, not really the power of it. And so the first thing I do is I think I I think I spent like a thousand dollars on clothes, shoes, uh, like clothes, shoes, and um, you know, like this, like devices, like a phone or something like that. Um, and then the remaining a thousand dollars I gave to my family. So now I'm back to so I had like five hundred dollars left. And so um, in between training, so from boot camp to you do another training, it's combat training. And um, the, during combat training, I had the opportunity to kind of go off to, um, to like, I got hosted. Yeah, I got hosted by family for, like, the holidays because we weren't able to go home. And it was in Orange County, California. And so I got hosted by this family, the Massons. And, I mean, their lives looked amazing. They had, like, like a happy family, the beautiful house. Um, they were the type of family to like he phil will come home and he'll take his wife to to like paris for the weekend just randomly or like he'll go skydiving in the morning and scuba diving in the afternoon like i was just like wow like like what do these people do like whatever it is i think i should do that and so um i you know i spoke to him i started talking to him and then he told me he you know he does like investing like he invests in stocks so um, he's a he's a financial advisor. He does like company 401ks and stuff. And so um, 
he gave me a book. So he gave me two books, actually. He gave me Automatic Millionaire by David Bach. And then I Will Teach You to Be Rich by Ramit Sethi. Uh, so these are like, like what? Finance book number two and three. And so I read those cover to cover. And then that's when I realized I made so many dumb decisions with my money getting out of boot camp. But um, yeah, that it just changed my life forever. Because once I read those books, it talks about like frugality, saving and investing your money, putting away for retirement so you can be a millionaire, like automatically, like direct deposit, save first and all that stuff. So I was, yeah, when I, when I read that, I was just obsessed. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, yeah, I couldn't, I, that's all I focused on. That's all I talked about. I started getting really financially savvy and um, really like trying to learn more about how I could live like Phil, but um, yeah, that's like the long-winded story of my money, my money beginning. Awesome, Jabbar. I mean, that, that's it's a great story. Um, and thank you for your service in the Marines. Uh, quick question: So that that dinner at Thanksgiving, and I, I've heard this story before from you, but that dinner at Thanksgiving up until today, how how long ago was that dinner? Where the, where the the two books came your way, and you really kind of opened your eyes to early financial independence, investing, and stuff. So that was less than two years ago. So two years ago, mm. next month. Okay. So we haven't even gotten into the good stuff, which we will, but the good stuff has happened in the last two years, which I just want everyone <laughs> yeah. to be aware of. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like foreshadowing. Um, so uh, you mentioned three books, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, I Will Teach You to Be Rich, and uh, Automatic Millionaire. I have a, a, a stack. I have so many books to recommend for you. And you might have already read some of them, but there's there's more that are going to just resonate with you. The one I'm going to uh, mention right now is uh, The Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel. It talks about, from a position of like people who are my age, I'm slightly older than you, Javar, uh, could be your grandmother. Um, from a position of people my age, here's the things that they are doing wrong with their money. And- by learning these lessons when you're 19 and well, 20, I'm sorry, I have all of this prepared because you're 19. Uh, you're already 20 now. By learning these lessons when you're 20, you're going to not make these mistakes. There's, I've said this before on the show. Sorry for those who have listened and are like, oh, we're tired of hearing this, Mindy. It bears repeating. There was a study done. If you invest $2,000 a year from the time you're 22 to the time you're 30, and then you never invest another dime for the rest of your life. You will have more money at age 65 than if you invest $2,000 a year, starting at age 30, going all the way to age 65. At age 65, you'll have more money from those first eight years than you would from the 35 years of investing. And you think to yourself, okay, $2,000 a year times eight years is $16,000. And $2,000 a year times... 35 years is $70,000. Your math doesn't make sense. Compound interest tells me that, and I've done like articles on this, uh, which I will link to in the show notes for this episode, but you have something like $596,000, assuming 10% interest of blah, 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 with the, the 35 years of investing. You have $700,000 with the eight years of investing. And that's only if you never invest another dime. The, the power of compound interest is so great. It, it can't be said enough. And 
the hopefully people who are listening to this are in their teens. And it sounds kind of silly. $2,000 a year might sound like a lot, but you just had $2,500 and you blew, uh, well, you you gave 1000 to your family. That's very generous of you, but you blew $1,000. You were halfway to my 2000 just on clothes and shoes and and devices. And, you know, I'm not trying to make you feel bad uh, because you've you've turned it around. There's some foreshadowing there from Dan. You've turned it around and you are crushing it. You are doing way better than I was at age 20. Um, I read that study, by the way, when I was like 20. Did I invest $2,000 a year from 22 to 30? <laughs> the answer to that question may shock you. No, I didn't. So Jabbar, let's let's kind of pick up where you left off. Um, you're 18. You just joined the Marines. You've read three finance books. You're hooked. You're sold. Uh, take us from that point and and get us kind of to where we are today. All right, cool. And thank you. And I just want to say, Vidi, like of uh, the the compound interest study. I think that's what I guess made me want to invest so much more because I was like, wait a second, like. I am that 18 year old, you know? So like, if I do it from now and then like, let's say, I think you said 30 or 35 or something, like I'm gonna, there's no way I wouldn't be a millionaire. Like I'll, I'll be rich. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but uh, so, and I, just to like put some time, time on it. So I think I made, I started the journey really like um, January of 2020. Uh, so January of 2020, um, I was like, you know, I was like, big into like stocks, right? Cause those books, they primarily focus on stock market investing. So I was saving like 80% of my income or maybe sometimes like if, yeah, I'll, let's say just say 80%. And then um, I was just trying to learn as much as I can. I was reading all the CNBC articles and reading tons of more finance books. I got into Grand Stefan on YouTube and meet Kevin and all those guys like that. And I was just really big into like saving and investing as much money as possible. Uh, people would make fun of me all the time because uh, Marines were notorious for like spending money on like cars and, you know, financing really nice vehicles. And I'm here just like, I don't, I don't want to go out to eat. Like I, I get mad. I would get mad like spending like 10 cents more on the product that I know I could get for 10 cents less. So I really took it uh, to the extreme. So when I, so uh, January, February, March, I'm like, you know, doing this investment journey and then the market crashes. Uh, and so since I've already been like investing before, I was like, oh, my gosh, like everything is on sale right now. I need to like find money because like I'd, I'd already been putting all my money in um, and like we don't make any, that much money. I was making like I was an 18 year old Marine making like, I don't know, like fifteen hundred dollars a month. So I guess I was maybe let's say I, I was able to put maybe a thousand dollars, twelve, thirteen hundred dollars in a month, but I didn't have that much. So I was like thinking, man, like I'm gonna go try and take a loan to, to buy stocks, and you know I was asking people like, hey, like can you give me like your paycheck and I'll invest it, and um, and then I'll give you my paycheck back later because it's just like a once in a lifetime opportunity, um, and I was just oh my god, I was. It, it was like a kid in the candy store. And I joked that last year you could have tied like a monkey onto your shoe and like had the monkey pick your investments and you would have been up like a hundred percent today because it really, yeah, it was yeah. greatest time ever. I was so happy, but I didn't have any money. Um, I didn't have that much money at least. So, um, 
Um, so, so I want to jump in here. I want to jump in here yep. really quick. You didn't have money, but you had a mindset that was far different than adults. And this goes back to your, oh, I was 15 and I thought I knew everything. So did I when I was 15. So did Dan when he was 15. That's like 15-itis. You just think you know everything. So I love that your thought was everything is on sale when the market is crashing and wasn't, oh my goodness, I'm going to lose my money. I have to sell. Because that's what a lot of adults were doing. Oh, the market went down. I got to stop my losses and pull all my money out. And what they missed was the rebound. Yeah, it went down. It went down a lot. We just had a pandemic for the first time in 112 years, 102 years. So, you know, things were things were kind of freaky, uh, not to use your, your word incorrectly, Dan. <laughs> Dan's got a teen mastermind called Sheik's Freaks. Um, is that a good way to describe it? A teen mastermind? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not just teens. It's, it's probably 15 to 25 year olds. Um, and that's where I met Jabbar about a year and a half ago. Uh, so right after the crash, I'd say is when I started up that mastermind and Jabbar was one of the first members in there. So I've been able to follow the journey he's been on the last year and a half, um, which has been amazing. And, and we're still not to the good stuff, but we're getting there. Yeah. Well, uh, what do you mean we're not to the good stuff? This is all great. You've done basically what everybody does. They are 15, they're 16, they're 17, they're making a little bit of money, they're spending all of it. Like that's not unusual. That's that's the American way. So (laughs) to, to change your mindset, to go into the military, to save 80% of your income, is enormous. And we don't, I really think we don't do enough on this show in general of celebrating these wins. That's huge. You could have very easily gotten your very low interest or no interest loan and gone out and blown it on a car that so many of your other fellow Marines are doing. And yeah, they have nice cars. What kind of car do I drive? Nobody knows. Nobody cares. I drive a minivan because I'm a mom and that's what we do. And <laughs> and do you think less of me? Well, if you do, I don't care because who are you to, to think less of whatever kind of car I drive? And don't you work in the Marines? Like, where do you go? You have a job, right? Are you on base? Exactly. <laughs> Look at my nice car sitting in the parking lot. Who cares? Put that money in the stock market. Okay, sorry. Uh, I yeah, jumped in I, there. No, I trust me. I, t- I have these conversations all the time. And it's like, um, <laughs> talking to a brick wall. It's, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, so I was I was doing like I was doing tons of research. Oh, and then I guess like one of the mistakes, not mistakes, because I did make money, but I was definitely picking individual stocks. I had read all the books about why you shouldn't, and I thought that I was Warren Buffett. Um, so this is where I saw the power of investing. So I think it was around June or no, it was July. So July 2020, um, I had been in the military for less than a year. And I think the military had paid me twelve or thirteen thousand um, dollars in total. And so, uh, July of twenty twenty, I had like twenty or or maybe it was like it was like twenty or twenty five thousand um, dollars in my brokerage account. So I like literally had more money like in that month just in my investment account than I had ever had like made in my life. So I, I thought it was rich. I was like an 18 year old kid, like with 20, 20, 25 grand. And uh, 
it was yeah, it was amazing. It really showed me like the power of what I did and or what I was doing and gave me like that proof of concept, like this works, you know? And so um and I was like I was trading options like all the cool kids on Robin Hood. So not all of that was just like me like saving and investing. It was me getting lucky on like Tesla and uh, and yeah, and, and different things like that. And then um I think that's when um yeah, so July of twenty twenty. And so I have like a little bit of money. I'm thinking like I'm balling. I don't spend or anything, but I'm like, all right, um, stocks are fun, but I'll, I'll do all these compound interest, um, these compound interest calculators. And, you know, you know, you take like the conservative returns of the market, uh, like seven to 10%, depending on uh, how you're feeling that day. And then, uh, or, you know, just people have different opinions on it. And then like I said, okay, I can invest, let's say, a thousand to two thousand dollars a month um and if i do that every single month i'll be a millionaire by the time i'm like 34 or 35 um so like th- that sounds great and like that's not old or anything but for me as an 18 year old kid i do not want to wait that long so i just was like all right how can i like scale <laughs> scale this up i kind of don't want to um you know and then i started getting like you know the four percent rules and then i was like okay a million dollars would be really only $40,000. And I saw like all like the flaws and things like that. So I was like, man, I kind of want to, I kind of want to pivot a little bit to something that I can control. Cause just like we can break the record for all time highs in the stock market. I just don't want to be unlucky in that 15, 20 year time period that we break the record for all time lows. Uh, So that's when um, I really started trying to figure other means and uh, you know, I was in like all these stock market dis chat, dis- discords, discords, and one person and thank God for that person. I don't know who they are, but they were like, hey, um, I, was, I asked the question. I was like, hey, um, I'm looking into real estate as an option for investing. Does anyone know where I can learn more? And then he sends the Bigger Pockets podcast. And that really that <laughs> that really changed my life. So like now my life has changed like times two uh, because I got, I listened to the podcast. It was Todd Baldwin's episode, uh, The House Hacker. He like house hacks in Seattle and he makes hundreds of thousands of dollars just renting by the bedroom over there. And that was the first podcast I ever listened to. And I was like, oh my God. Like there's like, cause he wasn't getting like, you know, your seven to 10% returns. He was getting like, uh, he was getting like crazy. He was getting like 80%. And like 60%, I mean, and like, I know real estate 12 is good, but when you're house hacking, that low down payment really amplifies and makes your money stretch further. So I was like, okay, I need to, I need to figure out, I need to learn this. I need to learn how to be that guy. And like, he was only like 25, he said, when he became a millionaire. So I was like, that's way younger than 34. So I think that I'm going to just learn, you know, I was was dabbling my toe into like just learning. So I listened, I started at episode one. (laughs) <laughs> from the OG Bigger Pockets podcast. I just I just went up like four to five hours, maybe even six hours a day. I was just consuming real estate podcasts, Googling every single thing I don't know, and um trying to figure out how to be like Todd Baldwin <laughs> that I heard on the Bigger Pockets podcast. And that that education was um really it it really, really helps me now today because I understand things more than like the surface level when it comes to real estate investing, at least I think I do. Um, but yeah. And then also paired with the fact I already had like a little bit of money saved up. 
I was just like, all right, I need to figure out how to buy my first deal. Um, so yeah, I just, I was um, doing all the education, was against analysis paralysis. I was like, I'll figure it out. I don't care if I lose money. I'm gonna, this is my college education here. So I was like, I'm gonna, I'm going to house hack. I, no, no, that's not what happened. Dan, so I was doing networking on bigger pockets, like figuring out I had like this plan to be financially free by 30. And Dan commented on the post and uh, we talked and that's how I got into Sheik's Freaks and stuff. And then Dan uh, told me about like uh, Craig Kerlop, uh, who you guys have had on the show. He's been on the podcast and he has the house hacking book. And he was like, yeah, Craig is, yeah, he's already a millionaire and he's like 20, he was like 25 or something like that. And he just house hacks. And I was like, and, um, and keep in mind, my thought was Burr. I thought Burr was the way I think everybody kind of thinks that because it sounds like super sexy. And, <laughs> but uh, when I learned like you can get like that much cash flow out of like a house hack prop possibly and like the opportunity that's there, I was just like, all right, um, I'm going to do that. <laughs> um, so I just fast forward a little bit. I went to a field exercise. I read the house hacking strategy, the Burr book, long distance real estate investing and a couple of the other, the bigger pockets, uh, real estate books, uh, came back. And then, uh, like, I think, so what August is when I started like my education journey. And then in February is when I bought the house. So my first house. So the, uh, it was a house hack and I can kind of go in a little bit about that. Cause there's some funny and cool stories there and learning lessons, but uh, yeah, that's and that first house hack is definitely way better than what I was getting in the stock market. <laughs> okay. Because we're hoping to have a lot of people who this might be their first introduction to financial independence or real estate investing. Um, can you explain really quickly what is what you mean by house hack and what you mean by burr? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um so the house, so a house hack, basically you purchase a property. Uh, typically you're using owner-occupied financing. So there's different uh, down payment options that you get for primary residents. So you don't need 20% down. You can get in it for like zero to, I mean, as three and a half, five percent 5% down. Um, and then basically you buy a house and then instead of just living in it, you rent out parts of your house. So if it's a single family home, you'll rent out bedrooms. If you, maybe you'll buy a duplex, a quadplex or a triplex and you rent out the other units or um, I mean, you can do what I do and what Craig did and sleep on the futon and rent out all the rooms and make money. Uh, <laughs> so it's uh, it's a really great way uh, to get to financial freedom quickly, depending on your market, obviously, um, because you can you, you can get into it for very little out of pocket. And if you do it right, you can make, I don't know, I've seen people make $2,000 a month on house hacks because they put the rooms on Airbnb and stuff like that. So the possibilities there are endless. It's just how creative you can be, but you have to live there for the year. Um, so yeah, that's house hacking. And then Burr, um, it's a real estate strategy is buy. So you buy a house, um, you buy it using cash or hard money. I mean, you can even use a conventional mortgage. I, I guess I shouldn't have said hard money, but um, you, you just try it. You buy the house um, with short-term financing, usually or cash, uh, then you rehab it, you fix it up. So you improve the value so that it's worth more. Um, and then you rent it out because you, some, most of the time you need to rent it out for a certain amount of time to be able to do the next step, which is refinance. And the goal with refinancing 
is to get as much as your money out of the deal as possible. Um, people aim for 100%. Sometimes people take out more money than they put in. Um, and then you do it again. So you use that same money that you use to buy it because you just got it back out the deal and you put it to the next deal. So for people who don't make a lot of money, that sounds like, like you know, like amazing. I don't want to make any crude references. Uh, it sounds amazing because you can use that same capital over and over and over and over again, theoretically. So I, I've been asked many times, Jabbar, what Burr is, because my wife and I, we do some burring and your explanation of Burr that you just gave is one of the best I've ever heard, including what I try to tell people. So good job. You're obviously, you, you know a lot about this stuff. You've you listened to the podcast, you've read books, um, you're on the forums, you're talking to people. My question is, you know, if you go back to when you really kind of started diving into all this information about, and I, I'm more, I'm, I'm more focused on the real estate investing piece of it. Um, but, you know, up until today, I'm sure there was a point where you were kind of by yourself. You mentioned before that, you know, your friends, you've tried to talk to your friends, your fellow Marines about what all this stuff is and why it's important. And they, they have no interest. And so at one point you were kind of the, the lone soldier out there you know, going down this path by yourself, nobody around you that was really equally as interested. Now I think, you know, you're in a different place. How important has it been to you to be around like-minded people, to know people who have the same aspirations, goals, using the same strategies? Um, how has that played a role in your, you know, in, in what you've done over the last couple of years? Oh, yeah, that is fantastic. Because uh, when I started out, I would like, bug my mom to death about um, like just everything I was learning. First it was stocks. Uh, then it became real estate. And I talked to her for hours and I, I love my mom to death. And by uh, my mom, it's, it's my dad's wife that I live with in Texas uh, or that I lived with in Texas when I left from Maryland. But, um, and she would listen to me go on and on, but you know, it, I kind of felt bad because I knew like, it's not as important to her. And then, uh, you know, I told my, I, when I was living in the barracks, um, I told my, my roommate all the time, like all the things I was learning and doing, and he definitely didn't care. Um, so when I finally got to be in a group of people who like actually care and they, they speak the language, they love the language, they're obsessed. They have that same like obsession. Um, it just, oh my God, it just turned my life around because now I have people who I can collaborate with. Um, I get to see what's possible. So I see what other people are doing because you get to watch other people's journeys. And um, I really get to kind of just grow. It's like you're growing together. So it's like that saying, you're like the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So for me, I was spending my time with my podcast. It was the podcast and books. That was it. Podcast, books, and YouTube. That's it. Like I didn't really have friends because no one wanted to hear me talk about investing all the time. Cause if, I mean, it's still now people hate when I start talking cause they know I'm going to talk about money, but, uh, <laughs> in, in the Marines, but now like I can call up, you know, like Leo, Marcel, Aiden, people in the Sheik's Freaks community and really like have a conversation and we can have like these high level conversations and gain different perspectives and kind of introduce and kind of, keep each other accountable because the journey, it can be tough. Sometimes there are things that like, you know, sometimes I want to buy 
like I really want a Tesla <laughs> and I, I really, really want a Tesla. It's like such a nice car. And I, I drive like a 2004 Toyota Camry that looks horrible. And so like, if I was surrounding myself with like the Marines all the time, um, not the Marines, but some Marines that, you know, are in my peer group or people my age, they're not, you know, they're going to be like, buy the Tesla. Like I'm going to have all this like outside energy saying like, you should spend your money, spend your money. But because I'm in an environment in a group or I'm in a group where I can have like this environment about money saving, financial literacy, and, um, you know, go aspiring to be wealthy and like impact, leave impact on the world. Uh, that's kind of like, it, it holds me accountable and it keeps me committed. So it's, it's definitely like a game changer. And it helped me buy my house because I told everybody I was going to buy a house before I bought the house. So now I have to, right? Because <laughs> otherwise I look stupid. <laughs> you're, you're accountable at that point. Yeah. So I, I, I love this. And I think for anyone, I don't care how old you are, your journey to your goals becomes so much easier when you surround yourself with people who are on that same journey. I mean, that, that, that's just a fact. It's that, that networking effect that catapults you towards your goals. So if you could tell us a little bit more, Jabbar, about you mentioned some guys that you've become friends with through the community. Um, what does that relationship look like? How often are you talking to each other? How are you talking? How are you communicating? Um, you know, I, I think these guys are from all around the country. Have you met them? Um, how do you hold each other accountable? And how important has that been to your progress? Um, so I have an accountability group. Uh, so like bigger pockets talks about masterminds and surrounding yourself with people who are going to help you keep accountable towards your goals all the time. So, um, me, um, Aiden, Leo, Marcel, these are people in the Sheik's Freaks community. We formed our own little accountability group where we meet every single morning and we just go over our commitments every morning. We have an agenda. Hey, like, did you, what were your commitments or what are your commitments? Did you like meet the mark? Essentially, um, did you, it's like, did you wake up on time? We're all miracle morning guys. So every morning I wake up at four, unless I got less than five hours of sleep. And I do my miracle morning for like almost, it's almost two hours. And um, it's tough. <laughs> it's tough. Like if left to my own devices, I probably, if I have someone to report to every morning, I might not do it every day, but because I mean, I know I'm going to hear so much from them about how terrible I am if I don't do it. I do it every morning. Um, and it helps a lot too with like real estate stuff. Uh, it's like, all right, hey, you want to get to this point? Well, what are you doing to get there? Um, and it's like, all right, well, how, like, what are you spending your time doing? Why are you watching YouTube instead of, you know, analyzing deals or why are you kind of it's it's like it's that kind of accountability we meet every day and it's it's i think for me for my growth it's been um very very powerful uh, because they're just challenging me to think bigger so my goals keep getting bigger and bigger uh every time i keep on having to expand them because it's like okay well are you setting this goal because you're afraid of a bigger goal or because like this is actually what you want and nine times out of ten it's because you're afraid of the um the bigger goal so yeah <laughs> yeah uh bill gates has a quote you often overestimate what you can accomplish in one year but you underestimate what you can accomplish in five or ten and that's huge that's he's right think of what you're you you're setting your goals for in a year oh i'm gonna do xyz and then you get to the end of the year and you're like, ooh, I did X, sort of. <laughs> but 
then you take that and you're like, okay, my 10 year goals is I'm going to do X, Y, Z, and then A, but you can accomplish X, Y, Z, A, B, and C in year three. So, or year eight, or, you know, so setting realistic goals is really important and setting goals, keeping track of where you are on your progress is huge. Having an accountability group that meets every single day, to me, that sounds a little daunting because my mornings are kind of crazy, but that is, my life is very different than yours. I have two kids and I'm trying to get them off to school and that's like herding cats. So, you know, my my point is that I'm making very poorly is this accountability group and getting in that mindset when you're 20, when you don't have two kids that you're trying to get off to school, when you don't have other responsibilities and you can get in there and do this is huge. You start setting these, these habits and then your mornings going forward are always going to be like this. And the way that you structure your life is going to be a little bit different because this is such a priority because it's such a habit. Um, But also finding people who are in the same mindset, you can find, I bet in your life right now, you can find a hundred people that'll tell you all the reasons why real estate investing is wrong or share the stories of how people they know lost money in real estate. I got a whole website full of people who have made mistakes. And that's something that makes bigger pockets so great as you learn from your mistakes. But the people that are telling you it's not going to work didn't learn from their mistakes. They didn't learn from other people's mistakes. They made the mistake. They're like, "Mm, I'm out. And that's, you know, quitting is a great way to not accomplish anything. You don't sound like a quitter. Oh, no. (laughs) No. I'm (laughs) anti-quit. Yeah, no Uh, way. (laughs) But um, knowing knowing Jabbar, I, I have known him for about a year and a half. This, this guy is one of the most motivated young people I've ever met. Um, and I want to get I've known into your him for mindset about 30 later. minutes, and I can agree with that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's Military Appreciation Month, so I'd like to personally thank all our past guests who have served and all our listeners who are serving, deployed, veterans, or in the reserves. But I'm not the only one showing appreciation. Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate their members who go above and beyond with exclusive rates, discounts, and tools. This month, join Navy Federal and get $50 when you open a credit card. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate to see their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. With 24-7 U.S.-based member service and resources for veterans transitioning to civilian life, Navy Federal is here to help you reach your goals. Head to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. Disclaimer, must join an open membership savings account between May 1st and May 31st. Annual percentage yield 0.25% for membership savings account. $5 minimum balance to open, maintain membership savings account, and to obtain bonus. Visit NavyFederal.org for more terms and conditions. Deciding how to invest your capital can be extremely challenging, especially when the market is constantly changing. That's why it's never been more important to partner with a company that has a great track record. The BAM Capital executive team has successfully navigated through the Great Recession, COVID-19, and the current interest rate environment while delivering maximized returns to their partners. BAM Capital is a trusted multifamily syndicator with over $1.3 billion in transactions, delivering a historical average of over 35% IRR with an average hold period of three and a half years. BAM Capital has consistently paid preferred return distributions for over 50 consecutive months, has not lost limited partners capital, and has not called capital past the subscription amount. 
BAM Capital's disciplined investment strategy is targeting undermanaged institutional quality trophy assets throughout the U.S. heartland for accredited investors who are looking for generational wealth building or monthly income opportunities. Their offerings target cash flow stability, capital preservation, long-term appreciation, and accelerated tax benefits. Join BAM Capital's over 1,200 investors across 44 states and get started today at BAMCapital.com. Again, that's BAMCapital.com. Saving for a down payment, a wedding, or just looking for extra money to invest? Monarch Money turns your budgeting woes into wins. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best budgeting app overall. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash pockets. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it easy to manage your money like a pro. Add a partner or family member to your account for no extra cost, so combined finances become a breeze. Customize your budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions, and more. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash pockets. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash pockets for your extended 30-day free trial. I want to dive into the to the house hack, to the to the first real estate property purchase that you did, which by the way happened at age 19. This is phenomenal. This is yeah, so freakish to do it at such a young age. You know, you you started learning about real estate. I would, you know, less than a year later, you're buying your first property. I think maybe right at about a year somewhere in there. If I remember right, it was a three or four hundred thousand dollar house. Um, you are housing ha- house hacking it. So tell us, how did that process go? How did that search the financing? Um, I know it's a long story, but you know we'll try to keep it kind of brief. But walk us through how you got that property and, and what it's what it looks like today. All right, yeah. So I'll try and keep this one as short as possible. I th- and I think it was six months. So when I started learning from August oh, wow. to February, yeah, six months. Uh, but uh, so went through the process, was learning as much as possible. And, you know, still, still, cock- I'm still like 19. So I still think I know everything. And uh, <laughs> I recognize that's not the case now. But uh, I'm going through um, trying to figure out how to buy my first property um, and going like through all the steps that Bigger Pockets uh, talks about. So, first, I got pre approved for a mortgage. Um, it was the most difficult process ever. It was like pulling <laughs> like teeth from a kid. I, I think that's the saying. But uh, I talked to 13 different lenders at first, and all of them denied me. So I had like 13 hard inquiries, 13 denials, uh, and they were just telling me no. I mean, some of them would tell me, like, there is no way. Like, because I would, I mean, I'd argue with them. I'm like, there's got to be a way. Like, there has to be something. And some of them would tell me, yeah, there's no way. It's not happening. Wait till you're 20 or till you make more money or you get a uh, basic uh, housing allowance or, yeah. So I didn't have that. So, and it's called BAH. If for anyone who doesn't know, it's like the military stipend that they give service members for housing. Um, it, it's a, it's whatever, it's kind of like tailored to the market. So it depends, but because I'm like single and I don't have a wife or family, I don't get any of that. So I just get my normal pay, which is very small. Um, it's like, I don't know. It was like $18,000 a year at the time. And so I'm talking to all these different banks. Uh, 14th bank told me maybe, so that opened up the possibility and then once she told me maybe, I, I just started reading. I was le- reading like 
the VA guidelines and the FHA guidelines. So I started figuring out like the right questions to ask and what I needed to do to buy a house now because I wasn't taking no for an answer. Um, essentially, basically, uh, I had no, the reason why I was not getting approved for a mortgage is because one, I didn't have credit. Um, I, I ended up having credit like two weeks into the process of applying for it, but I didn't have, I just, I got a credit card like six months prior. Uh, two was how little my income was. Uh, three was I had less like a year and like 13 months of job history. And then uh, the fourth one, I don't, I don't know the fourth one, but yeah, I it just wasn't happening. So um, the way that I got around it was um, for the for the income part of it, what I was going to do was I was going to get a very close friend of mine and we we're going to co-borrow on the mortgage together to buy the property. So um, that was what I was going to do. We we're both going to be on the loan and then I was going to house hack it. And then a year later, turn it to investment property and then we split profits uh, how we agreed upon. Um, and the, the credit issue, obviously, my credit score finally came out. I had like a 750 in six months, which I don't understand how that math works. And then um, what else? I think. And then the job history, um, I got around is because I'm a Marine. I have a five year contract stating I'm going to be employed. So they kind of did like the work around and said, that's fine. So I, and I think you can actually do it in six months. Like that's actually the guideline. Um, uh, for and don't quote me on this. I'm not like a professional or anything like that. But the lender that spoke to me said that, yeah, like six months is really all I need to qualify to use my VA loan. Um, eventually, when I got to the process of buying the house or of getting the house under contract, um, the uh, what else was I going to say? The the lender came back to me and said that if I put five percent down, I would be able to buy the property by myself. Um, so I just did that because it made sense to do so. And so I bought the house. Now I'm a homeowner. Um, and then I got the call that I was getting sent to like the middle of the desert for field exercise for like two months. So I had the house, but I didn't have any tenants and I didn't want to pay my mortgage. You know, I bought the house to house hack, not to, to pay my own mortgage. And so um, I basically, I, man, I created, I took, I created a system trained a buddy to do all of it for me and ended up renting out all the bedrooms while I was gone on that exercise. And uh, it's a phenomenal deal today. I get, uh, it depends on the month, like 13 to $1,500 a month in cash flow because I rent out all the bedrooms and I sleep on a futon. And I think it works out to like a, a, a 20 or a 70, 70% return or something like that. It's, it's abnormally high because I only had to put 5% down. Uh, but that's like the rough breakdown. Oh, you should I go like deeper into the numbers, like purchase price and stuff like that? Uh, I want to do that in just a minute. But before we get into that, I want to give a little bit of an explanation. So because you're a veteran, because you're active duty, you have the option of a VA loan, which typically comes with a 0% down payment. It's one of two loan programs that I know of that are uh, zero down payment options. Um, most like a conventional is a 3% down is the lowest you can go. And a FHA loan is a 3.5%. I don't want to get too far into the weeds because this is aimed at younger listeners, but the, um, the VA loan normally comes with a 0% down, but he couldn't qualify with his current income and all of his situation with the 0% down. But if he could come up with 5% down, then he qualifies by himself. So that's a very cool. interesting option. I'm so glad your lender told you that because if you have the opportunity to buy a house by yourself, 
you are ultimately responsible for everything, but then also you get all of the sweet, sweet cash flow of what did you say? $1,500 a month? That doesn't yes. happen in rental <laughs> property unless you're cash, unless you're house hacking. I like what you said. I didn't want to pay my mortgage. I wanted a house hack. I wanted somebody <laughs> else to pay my mortgage. Good for you. I was going to say, just before we get into the, the numbers of the house hack, Jabbar, I, I want to take a step back and focus on a couple of things you mentioned in that journey of making your first purchase um, that have to do with mindset, I think. So you went, you went to lender number one and said, I'm a, I'm a 19 year old Marine. I want to buy a house. I want to live in it. And maybe you told them about the house hacking strategy. Probably didn't matter. They said, no, hard no. Jabbar went to lender number two and did the same thing. He went to 13 or 14 lenders, I think it was. And I remember as you were going through this process of no after no after no. And in my mind, I'm thinking this kid will not take no for an answer. He just kept going. And this is all goes back to mindset. And we can get back into this maybe later in the interview. You know, where does that mindset for you come from? And then the other piece that illustrates that is that, and I remember when Jabbar was going through, through this too, because we do a weekly Zoom call on the Sheik's Freaks. And so Jabbar is one of the guys that's like, he's he does everything he can to be on it. So as soon as he closed on that house, he got, which is on the East Coast, I think you were in the desert in Arizona for that field mission. And he's logging into the Zoom calls and his fatigues and it's in the, de and you can tell he's in the middle of nowhere in the desert. He's operating this house hack from probably really spotty Wi-Fi in the middle of the desert on assignment, uh, you know, three time zones away. Um, he trained his buddy to do it. He was emailing and texting and phone calls as much as he could to get that thing rented while he was, you know, across the country. That mindset as well, that, that fortitude, that perseverance to say, whatever roadblocks come at me, I, I'm, I'm going over them. I'm breaking through these brick walls. I'm going to make it happen. It's going to happen. Um, most people after the first lender says no, say, well, I tried, I guess, I guess I'll just wait. So I'm 20 or 21. Um, Jabbar said, no, I'm, I'm going to go to 13 more lenders until I get a maybe. And then he made it happen. Um, so we'll get into mindset later, Jabbar. Let's, let's dive into those numbers a little bit on the house act. What did you buy it for? What was the negotiation like? Uh, what are you getting per room? All that good stuff. Yeah. So, um, Purchased the house for $246,000. They were asking, I think, two fifty five. dollars Brought them down a little bit. I, I think I offered like two thirty, <laughs> but not in this market. But it was on the market for a little bit. Uh, so they came down to uh, two forty six, and then uh, had all my closing costs paid for and stuff like that. So that was good. So I was all into it for $22,000 because I put 5% down. So that's like $12,000 and plus like furniture and then my funding fee um the va funding fees that's something there but um and so i get between 732 and 850 per bedroom um the house is in savannah georgia it's not like a high cost of living area or anything like that um i just told baldwin if you listen to his podcast on the og bigger pockets podcast uh the real estate one he he talks about like the different amenities he has like a professional house cleaner uh lawn care and just creating like an environment that's, or just creating like a house hack or a rent by the bedroom business rather than just like renting a bedroom to a buddy. Uh, so I just copied that same strategy, employed it, um, and 
it works it worked great <laughs> um so i get i guess yeah like i said 13 to 1500 dollars a month in cash flow it, it really varies depending on um like the level of maintenance that i'm doing or utilities they fluctuate a little bit and uh so i think like that works out to like 70 percent. if i was getting uh yeah it's like it's it might be higher than that and that's just on that's just cash on cash return on investment so that doesn't count like the other wealth generators that make real estate such an amazing asset class to invest in like the tax benefits the loan pay down which really uh that's like forced retirement savings um and then your, your potential appreciation um so yeah it's definitely definitely the best decision i've ever made in my life um and then another thing to point out the reason why i started like i made that pivot into real estate is because with stocks right i invest let's say a thousand to two thousand dollars a month um and then i have a million dollars at 35 four percent rule tells you four percent of a million dollars is forty thousand dollars a year so that's how I kind of like do the comparison in my head because what matters to me is cash flow. I want that passive reoccurring is income. Um, so with a house hack, I'm able to get like, I don't know, that's like almost a third of the way there with like $22,000. So like just, I do one this year. If imagine I just do one this year, one next year, and the one the other year, and then the fourth year, boom, I'm already like greater than that $40,000 mark. And I put way less of my personal capital in every month. Uh, so it really, really makes a lot of sense. I think house hacking is, it's just a way for like the little guy to really become the big guy because it just changes everything. And that's just by buying one a year. So imagine you buy two, then you three, four, you know, the stack, you exponentially grow. And all of a sudden you're sitting very happy and in a short amount of time. So that's, that's why I kind of, start focusing on real estate and now like i don't invest every month into the market so hopefully no one's mad at me about that but i save money to invest in more real estate because that's like the goal anyway <laughs> and, <laughs> to buy and that's more. a that's a great transition jabari I, I would love to spend more time in the house act but we want to kind of get to where we are today so you bought that first house hack um you're living in it and, and you're renting out the bedrooms and it's going really well um between then and now, what have you done with real estate? Where are you at now? So I just closed on another property uh, about 17 days ago. It's a 600,000 three-bedroom, three-bath uh, short-term vacation rental in the Smokies. Uh, I just partnered on that one. Uh, for someone from the Sheik's Freaks, that's, <laughs> that's another <laughs> value of being in a group like that is like you guys could kind of solve each other's problems because – um, when I spent that 22 grand on that house hack, I didn't have enough money to go out and just start, you know, deploying capital over and over again. So I kind of just was like, hey, um, I don't have a lot of money, but I still want to buy more houses. So uh, the way to do that for me uh, was by partnering with somebody else, because you don't need in real estate, you need the time, the expertise and then the money. I think it is. Um, but you don't need all of them. <laughs> you just need like maybe one. <laughs> Did you say you bought a $600,000 house? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's crazy, right? <laughs> At age 20. Yep. Okay. Short-term okay. rental in the Smoky Mountains. Uh, Which so is now you own your second property. Yeah, I'm looking, at, I'm looking at buying the third one. I'm trying to get to a million-dollar real estate portfolio before the end of the year. It's kind of difficult with only two months left. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, only two months left, but you have a $600,000 house and a $250,000 house. So you only need another $150,000 house to uh, to get to a million dollars in real estate by age 20. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it sounds like I could talk to you all day long, but it sounds like we need to get you on the Real Estate Rookie Podcast. <laughs> with that, uh, mil- once you get to that million dollar rental property, uh, what was it? Million dollar rental portfolio. Cause that's wow. So sorry you don't have any confidence in yourself or, you know, you don't, uh, you don't have any ambition. I look at it as like forced retirement. <laughs> Can you speak to that just real quick, Jabbar? What, what is it? What is it that, that you think? creates the mindset for you to accomplish these things at such an early age? What is it that, you know, cause it's different. This is not what the normal 19, 20 year old is doing. Um, you know, just in a, in a paragraph or two, how do you approach mindset? How do you, how do you learn about it? How do you maximize your capability? Uh, for me personally, uh, and this comes back to, I, I spoke about it very poorly at the beginning, but I talked about how I was abused essentially when I was younger growing up and growing up, I was told I was never going to be anything. I was told I was going to fail. I was told that I was going to be a janitor. Like my, she used to tell me uh, like to stop doing my homework and to come down and sweep the floor to work on my janitorial skills. (laughs) And so uh, I, and I took that and I didn't like let it, I still had to, you know, I still had to live life. And I was like, I'm not going to be that person. It just kind of like lit a fire under my belly to say like, Hey, I'm going to be some, I'm going to do something with my life and try and be successful. And worst case scenario, I become successful because I'm not going to take no for an answer. Uh, so that, that is a little bit that has something to do with it. Another thing is like every single day, I mean, I'm waking up and I'm, I have an obsession. I have like an obsession with becoming wealthy because I want to create a better life for when I eventually have children. And then for other people who kind of are under underserved in the community with stuff like that. So I think that if I'm able to accomplish that at like a younger age, like if I like do all the hard work now while I have all this energy and I can wake up at four and only get five hours of sleep and, you know, and do all this stuff, then by the time I'm older, I'm going to be very like happy about it. So it's just like the opportunity cost, like put in all the time and effort and work now um, so that in the future, and it can be very quickly if you go hard enough, uh, you can have like your cake and, Eat it too. It's just like delaying the instant gratification. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I just I work on my mindset every single day in the morning. I do do, do affirmations, do the manifestations, and all that stuff. Um, and yeah, and I just don't like losing or quitting or any of that stuff. I just want to kind of figure out how to make it. It's just you just kind of have to have that mentality. Like it's like I'm not gonna fail. I'm gonna just succeed. Awesome. awesome. You are going to just succeed. This is, <laughs> you're not going to just succeed. You are going to uh, be the manifestation of that Bill Gates quote I said. You're going to think you can do <laughs> this much. And in 10 years, you're going to be like, wow, I thought it would be cool to have a million dollar uh, real estate portfolio, but now I have $20 million. In five years, Jabbar will be running the country. And in 10 years, he'll be running the world. <laughs> it's basically what it comes down to. <laughs> if not I love soon. it. Actually, no, in five years, he's not able to run the country. You have to wait until you're, is it 35 or 40 to be president? Gosh. 
So, you know, work on other <laughs> things until you you have aged into the the You'll be retired for 10 years by then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's and that's another thing cuz like this is the money podcast, right? It's like with real estate, you can really expedite your like way to financial freedom just I feel like so much faster cuz um in all, we all we've all seen that like Instagram post that if you put twenty dollars away or two hundred dollars a month away for forty years, by the time you're sixty five, you have a million dollars. I look at that as low paydown. Like loan paydown is that's that's that. You know, you get a million dollars of real estate, and then over thirty years it gets paid down. Now you have a million dollars free and clear in assets. But then the like the great thing is like you get like the cash flow that helps you quit your job now. That gives you that passive income to step down and you know, focus on what makes you happy. And then the appreciation just makes you rich. So now like you just, you just walking around like all happy and stuff. Cause you have like the trifecta of, um, of, I don't know, financial freedom, personal finance fire. Um, because like this, this property I'm buying will put me at, uh, projected, right. Projections, like nothing's sure and free and clear stuff like that. It'll put me at like, uh, $30,000 a year, right. In cash flow. $30,000 a year in cash flow. Now that's, that's another down payment on, you know, on, I guess, cheaper houses, but like, it just starts to scale up from there. So then you get another one or another two, and now you're at 60,000 and another two, and now you're at math, math, 90,000. And so now, like, I mean, maybe you're making more money than, you know, you were at your job and you can, you can just step away. For me, I can't step away. I can become financially free today. I still have three more years left on my contract. But uh, by the time I finish with my contract, I'll be, I won't have to work again. That's the goal. I, no, I won't have to work again. <laughs> Unless, obviously, life happens. Life will happen. Let me just tell you as the voice of experience here, life will happen. <laughs> but you are... So something that Dan mentions in his book, it's called First to a Million. It's a really amazing book. You have to read this book if you're listening to this episode and are at all inspired by Jabbar as I am like I have goosebumps your story is so good and you're so enthusiastic and numbers don't lie but the whole reason that you pursue financial independence is to open up your life options you're 20 years old right now you are most likely going to be financially independent by the time you're 25 when you get out of the marine corps you could fall in love with the Marines in the next three years and want to renew. That's the option that you have. But if you took every dime that you made from your salary right now and you weren't investing in real estate and you weren't investing in the stock market and you were instead investing in iPhones, which is not an investment, you are spending your money on things that don't generate money back. So it's not an investment. You spend money and maybe you look real sharp all the time in those brand new clothes that you have and you're always going out to dinner and you're going on a ton of dates and you're spending every dime you have. Your only option in five years is to either renew and continue on this place where you know or go out, not renew, go out and get a job to continue in generating income so that you can do all of these things that you want to do. But by changing what you're doing now, these little tiny bits, it's not like you're surrounded by millionaires and everybody else is spending all this money and you're just like, oh man, I don't have anything. You're in the Marine Corps. You don't have a lot of like free time, right? They kind of tell you what to do. They run the show. So what good does it do having a $50,000 car sitting in the parking lot 
all day long. Like maybe sometimes you can go and look at it, but you're not going to be able to drive it because you have to do your work. But in five years, you are free. You are open and you can do anything, which includes continuing to work if you choose. It includes volunteering if you choose. It includes not working for a while. Take some time off and travel. Do whatever you want because you've gotten your financial situation taken care of. And now the whole world is open to you. And that's the whole reason we pursue financial independence. That's the whole reason that we continue to promote this idea. And the younger you start, the less you have to invest because you have the power of compound interest. And I know I sound preachy and luxury and I sound like your mom and that's okay because I'm a mom. It's my job to sound like this. I'll throw in real quick. Uh, the book that I wrote, First to a Million, um, Jabbar is highlighted in that book as a featured freak. So if people want to learn more about Jabbar's story, he is uh, he's highlighted in the book and it tells more about his journey and, and where he's been. Yeah, this book is, I was reading this book and I, at first I was reading, I was just flipping through it to see, you know, first I was finding Jabbar's episode or Jabbar's interview here. And then I'm flipping through it and I'm like, you know what? You could read this book in several different ways. If you just flip through and find the quotes, there's a lot of quotes. They're big print. They're real easy to see. Find the quotes first. If this, if you're thinking, mm, this sounds interesting, but I'm not sold, read through the quotes. Just flip through the book and read through the quotes. You're like, that makes sense. That makes sense. I can see how that's, yep, yep, yep. And all of a sudden you're going to be like, I got to go back to the beginning and read the whole book. It's so easy to read. It's so non-preachy. I didn't write this book. Dan did. It's so non-preachy and it's so, it's just opening your mind up to a different way to think about money. And when you get money out of the way, you can go on to lead your best life. And that is exact. I, knowing Jabbar and knowing his heart, when he reaches early financial independence, he's going to do exactly that. It's He's not going to just be selfish with all of his freedom and time and money. He's going to be giving back. He's going to be helping others. He's going to be mentoring. And that option to help other people much earlier than where most people get it is, is the reason I wrote the book is because I think that if young people can reach early financial independence and then they have options some of those options are going to be passing it, paying it forward, passing it along, mentoring others, helping others, um, volunteering, donating, et cetera, et cetera, um, which I know Jabbar will do. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just want to throw one or two things, but really short, though. Um, just like for young people, because this is something like I feel like most of us really need to realize is that like our real advantage just comes from us being young. Like the time aspect of it is like such a big deal because let's say I go on this journey and then five years, I lose everything or something like that. Right. My worst case scenario is I go and get a job and <laughs> you know, my worst case, scenario, I'm like everybody else. <laughs> I go and get a job and I'm like everybody else or, or I go to school like everybody else went to school. Like that's my worst case scenario. My best case scenario is I get to be financially free and getting a job is optional or like, you know, cause at some point you're going to, you're going to long for something. You're going to long for some type of freedom. You're not going to always want to do the same routine or have to. So just give yourself that option. And then the second thing is 
surround yourself with other like-minded individuals who are going to push you and like motivate you towards your goals. So I said it before, five, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, like start actively reaching out and connecting with people who are high level. I know people who are my age doing way better than me. So like that, those are the people I'm, I'm chasing them. I, I know like a 25 year old making like 140 grand a month. And like, I'm like, wow, I want to make 140 grand a month. Like, how do I do that? And, but it shows me that it's possible. So don't look at my story, Dan's story, Mindy's story, anyone's story and like feel uh, jealous or kind of feel like you can't do it. Look at, look at the stories of other people and draw inspiration from it because that inspiration can give you an idea of how you can kind of do something with your life. Cause I had no idea like that was even, you know, some things were even possible until I got to hear other people's stories. So just like actively like look for that, actively look for what's possible because it will blow your mind. Absolutely could not agree more. I have loved spending time with you. This is probably my favorite episode that we have ever recorded. Your enthusiasm, <laughs> your excitement. I'm so excited that we were able to talk today, but we're not done. We still have more. We still have our famous four. And I didn't mean to rhyme like that. It just happened. Um, <laughs> Jabbar, are you ready? Yes. Ready. Okay. Of all the finance books that you have read, what is your favorite finance book? Oh, this is a tough one. And I was thinking about this. Um, I'm just going to out. Everyone like coughs out at Rich Dad Poor Dad because that's what started for me. But I'm going to say um, I Will Teach You to Be Rich by Ramit Sethi. I think that's what kind of opened my eyes. And I hope I said his name right. But that's what opened my eyes to like what is even possible. Like, I didn't know like you could almost calculate how you can almost in, like 99% increase the probability that you'll be a millionaire by like investing. And he really gave you like that breakdown. So I'd recommend uh, that one. It's a great personal finance book. Yeah, that's oh, an dance. awesome book. Sorry, it's dance. It's, it's dance. <laughs> first two <million. laughs> It's no, a tie. That's okay. we'll, we'll just say it's a tie. Yeah, yeah. it's a tie with Ramit. Wow, that's good. Okay, so first to a million is actually available starting today. You can find it at the Bigger Pockets bookstore, biggerpockets.com slash store or wherever books are sold. All right, next, Jabbar, question number two. What is your biggest money mistake? Oh, hmm. I, I thought about this one too. And so on my finance journey, you know, you, you just kind of want to get there a little bit faster. So I was um, reaching out to people like social media influencers on Instagram. Maybe this will be a lesson for other people. I reached out to this guy. He has like 30,000 followers on Twitter. And he had this like investment I mean, he looks like he's making crazy money. Like he flexes like $3 million crypto portfolios and making tens of thousands of dollars a day. And so basically um, he does this thing where you give him money, you give him $2,000 and then you put, I think like $2,000 in the account. He trades for you and then you split it 50-50. And for me, since I've been following this guy for so long, I thought it was legit. So I gave the guy my $2,000 to start it up and never heard from him again and lost my $2,000. Uh, so that, that one stung, but learning lessons. <laughs> that was my, that was my last scam. I won't be scammed again. It happens if once it, and then never again. <laughs> hopefully I am sorry that you lost $2,000. That's, that's a lot of money. We're throwing around million dollar sums here. Like you just are swimming in cash, but it's, 
$2,000 is still a lot of money. I hope that guy stubs his toe every day for the rest of his life. His baby toe, <laughs> just whack that on the table every time you walk past it. Um, and I hope he gets caught. That is awful, and he is a terrible person. A good rule of thumb is if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Um, Dan, you have an amazing bit of advice here in your book about cryptocurrency. That is fantastic. Uh, you shouldn't invest in anything you don't understand. That is a quote from Warren Buffett. And you said, you know, cryptocurrency is this hot new thing and everybody wants to, you can find anybody on the internet saying that they've made a billion dollars a minute in cryptocurrency. I am a very savvy investor and I have zero dollars in cryptocurrency. I don't understand it. I don't believe in it. I am not asking anybody to call me up and explain it. Please direct those emails to somebody else. I'm not interested in cryptocurrency. I do just fine in real estate. I do just fine in the stock market. I'm good. But there's this fear of missing out and there's this like shiny new object syndrome. So you say in your book, you say, test your knowledge. Go to one of your parents and ask them if they understand how cryptocurrencies work. If they don't, explain it to them. When you're done, ask them if they now understand cryptocurrencies. If they still don't, you probably don't fully understand them yourself, and you should either do more research or stay out of cryptocurrencies altogether. Scott uh, is the co-host that helped me with your episode, Dan, last week. And Scott has like $5 in cryptocurrency. I can't remember how much he has, but he has like very, very little in regards to his net worth. He could afford to lose it all and he'd be fine. And if that's another rule of thumb for investing, if you're putting in so much money that you can't afford to lose it all, you shouldn't have it in there. And that's for every single kind of investment. Jabbar, you have this, I could never, ever, ever, ever lose attitude, which is awesome. But I also want to encourage you to run your numbers when you're doing your real estate, just to make sure that it makes sense as the investment that you're trying for. And also, does it make sense in a different method? Like your uh, Smoky Mountain property, you have it as a short-term rental. The Smoky Mountains short-term rental business is almost a can't lose. But again, I'm not encouraging you to go down to the Smoky Mountains. I'm encouraging you to do your research. But the Smoky Mountains is an established, like it's the number one uh, visited uh, state park, park. national park yeah. in America. So there's a steady influx. It's not like everybody goes there today and then next week it's not going to be cool anymore. Like it's been consistently the number one. And if you look at where it's located, it's within a day's drive of like, 45% of American population or something. There's a reason that it's so popular. So um, that as is the short-term rental is great. And they just had a fire a few years ago. So like everything was wiped out. So now that there's houses again, people are coming back and they're super excited to go see it. Um, but, you know, definitely run your numbers. And if you're going to do short-term, does it also work as a long-term rental if the short-term rental market dries up? And again, the Smoky Mountain short-term rental market drying up is probably not really um, really going to happen. But, you know, multiple exit strategies is another great way to ensure your success in real estate. And I feel like I'm lecturing, so I'm going to stop and just ask you the next yeah. question. Well, <laughs> and then just last thing is just like have reserves. <laughs> like uh, my friend Eric, he uh, he taught me a lot about real estate when I was first uh, learning out or starting out Menno on Bigger Pockets. He told me, he said, cash solves a lot of problems. So if you're going to make an investment like that, or if you're going to um, invest in anything, just have 
a lot of money set aside to kind of mitigate your risk. So I, I have reserves. I we have reserves. I have reserves for all of my proper the two properties that I own. And I don't don't be a paycheck to paycheck landlorder, uh, real estate investor, because it will not end well for you. Oh, so that was my next question. What is your best piece of advice for people who are just starting out? Uh, yes, have reserves because cash does solve a lot of problems. I like that a lot. I like that quote a lot. All right. Next question, Jabara. What is your favorite joke to tell at parties? Oh, see, I spent like so much time trying to figure this out. And then I memorized the joke because I don't go to parties and I don't tell, um, kid-friendly jokes because I'm a Marine and uh, <laughs> I I forgot the joke. So, <laughs> um, could I get an alibi? <laughs> oh, I have a oh. lot of jokes. Oh, Dan, do you have a joke? Go ahead. I I have a lot of teacher jokes um, as, as we talked about last week. Uh, I'll throw one in there, Jabbar. I'll ask you, why was the math book so sad? Because he had so many problems. <laughs> teacher that joke so all day bad. long. Teacher joke. It is bad, no. but it made you laugh. What is the name of the Marines' favorite book? The Marines' favorite book? Harry Porter. Harry Porter? Porter. Port. That's pretty bad, too. It's a sea joke. Oh, okay. Yeah. I yeah, when you have it. to explain them, they're really awful. <laughs> <laughs> okay jabbar where can people find out more about you if you've been listening to this episode i think you should reach out to jabbar because he's apparently got nothing better to do than talk about money and real estate all day every day <laughs> <laughs> yeah um my um i have i'm on almost everything so you can follow me on instagram and tiktok um at jabbar underscore investor uh, so it's J-A-B-B. So there's two B's in there. A-R underscore invest star. So instead of invest store, invest star. Um, and then Bigger Pockets and Sheets Freaks at Jabbar Adesada. And we will and include links to the episode that you talked about with uh, Todd Baldwin and your uh, social media links in our show notes, which can be found at biggerpockets.com slash money show 255. Jabbar, I have absolutely loved meeting you and hearing your story. This is one of the most inspirational stories I have heard. And your can-do attitude, and I don't take no for an answer, and I'm never going to quit, is just going to propel you to millionaire status way before you're 34. <laughs> Thank you so much. This was great. Uh, I want to throw in just one extra little uh, discount opportunity. Anyone listening to this podcast or a young person, or if you know a young person, uh, we mentioned the Sheik's Freaks community that Jabbar is in. If they want to go to sheiksfreaks.com, uh, there's a free membership uh, option, and there's also paid. If they want to do the paid membership option into Sheik's Freaks and meet up with people like Jabbar, um, they can use the discount code Jabbar, all lowercase, and they'll get a nice discount on the paid version of the Sheik's Freaks online community. The free version has a lot of value too. Either one is, is a great option. So discount code Jabbar. That's awesome. That discount, discount code is J-A-B-B-A-R. Okay, Jabbar, thank you again for your time. This was so much fun and we'll talk to you soon. 
Okay, Dan, that was Jabbar Adesada, and he has blown my mind. I love his enthusiasm. I love his love of life and his attitude and his just, I'm going to do it all. And he was absolutely amazing. I'm so excited to have talked to him today. Yeah, I'm glad it worked out to have him on the show. Um, he is definitely one of the leaders in in the Sheik's Freaks community. Uh, he's on all the Zoom calls. He's he's in all the the forums and he's giving advice and he's um, he's a leader and what he's accomplished and I, what he's accomplished is, is impressive, but I cannot wait to see where he is five years from now. It's going to be oh, for sure. mind blowing. It absolutely is. And I want to highlight something from his story. He is doing it. He is taking action. He is making things happen. He's not sitting back and waiting for life to drag him along. And we didn't highlight that enough during the show. You can't get to where he's gotten to by doing all the same things that everybody else does. He could very well. It's easier to spend all your money and do what everybody else is doing and not think outside the box. But when you think outside the box, you can set yourself up for life. He is set for life. And now he has to wait those extra three years for the rest yeah. of his military contract to be done so he can, you know, live his best life. But he's not waiting. He's still pushing forward and moving forward. And I'm so excited for what he's going to accomplish in two years, three years, five years. When he gets out of the military, he's going to crush it. He is absolutely yeah. crushing life now. And it's really kind of hard to remember that he's only 20 years old as he's telling his story. I've heard that same story from people who are starting out at 30, starting out at 40, starting out at 50, 60. He's figured out the secret to finances at age 18. And it mm -hmm. is simply spend less than you earn, invest wisely, and keep pushing forward. And he's just the embodiment of all of that. And I loved his story. Yeah, he's uh, in the featured freak interview that's that's in the book. Um, he mentions his his favorite money technique technique is just to pay himself first a set amount of money, which I think is, by the way, one of the most important money strategies for anybody is is just to pay yourself first. But then he also, you know, got into the house hacking, and I also believe that house hacking is one of the, if not the best way to get into real estate, especially when you're young. Um, and he's not going to stop, you know, he's going to, I call it kind of call it the Craig Curlop effect. He's going to take that strategy and do one and then another, and then another, but he didn't wait another year to get that second house hack. He said, no, 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 no. I need my second property. Now he, he bought that short-term rental in the smoky mountains, but he, he, he knew he couldn't do it by himself. So he, another barrier came up. He found that he found that way around the barrier. He found a partner who had the money. He had the time and the expertise um, he's just, he's a solution finder he, and he won't take no for an answer. It's awesome. Yeah. There's uh Brandon Turner from the real estate podcast has a saying that he says frequently 50% of a good deal is better than 0% of a deal or no, wait, what does he say? 0% <laughs> of no deal. Yeah. 50% <clears throat> of a good deal is better than a hundred percent of no deal. And it's for people who are like, Oh, I don't really want to have a partner. Having a partner will teach you a lot of things about working with other people and what you can do 
for someone what they can do for you. They can fill a gap in your, in this case, in his funding. There's, he didn't have to wait. And he's now able to generate income from a property that he otherwise wouldn't be able to generate income from. So partnership is not always a bad word. And you can learn a lot about a ton of different things. The the best partner brings in things that you don't have. So if you're really great at finding deals, partnering with somebody who's really great at finding deals might not be the best partner. But if you're really great at finding deals, but you don't have any money, partnering with a money person fills the gap. So you really want a partner that like helps you become whole. Yep. And I oh. wouldn't bet against Jabbar. I mean, he, he mentioned oh, that he wants to bet. have, I think, a million dollars in rental portfolio uh, by the end of the year. I think I would not bet against get, He'll find a way to do it. He'll find I would not it. bet against him either. I, that's absolutely right. Okay, Dan, this episode ran really long today, and I could have talked to Jabbar for another five hours. He's mm-hmm. awesome. But we should get out of here. Are you ready? I'm ready. From episode 255 of the Bigger Pockets money podcast. He is Dan Sheeks, author of First to a Million. And I am Mindy Jensen, hoping you are the first to a million. Military Appreciation Month, so I'd like to personally thank all our past guests who have served and all our listeners who are serving, deployed, veterans, or in the reserves. But I'm not the only one showing appreciation. Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate their members who go above and beyond with exclusive rates, discounts, and tools. This month, join Navy Federal and get $50 when you open a credit card. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate to see their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. With 24-7 U.S.-based member service and resources for veterans transitioning to civilian life, Navy Federal is here to help you reach your goals. Head to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equal housing lender. Disclaimer, must join an open membership savings account between May 1st and May 31st. Annual percentage yield 0.25% for membership savings account. $5 minimum balance to open, maintain membership savings account, and to obtain bonus. Visit NavyFederal.org for more terms and conditions.